Welcome back to another episode of After I Do. This is part three, and today we will delve deeper into the we space and what the we space is all about, and how can it be an area with that we promote progress and growth within our marriage. Um, but allow me first to to um, give the platform to a very good friend of mine. He will recite a poem briefly for us. I present you, Mr. Clint Hendricks. The Union. As you say, Lord, you say, how far is she away? I am to remain and not stray. Until that day, I will say yes, yes, Lord, and pray. When I join with her in one accord, under your covenant, it makes it binding. At your altar, we conclude in signing. For it is by the promise given, under God's blessed anointing, to share in the beauty, love, and lifelong joining. Thank you, Clint, for that wonderful poem. Um, I, I need to really... Um, read to you something from God's Word um, today, um, but it's not your conventional reading. I will paraphrase and I'll narrative uh, some of this to you, but I'll read to you the last part and then I'll paraphrase to you or, or um, put in a, a narration what happened before this. So this is this this account is found in Judges 19. So I would really want you to read through Judges 19 on your own accord. It would be very wonderful to do that. But I'm going to read from verse 23. And the man, the master of the house, went out unto them and said unto them, No, my brothers, now I pray unto you, do not do so wickedly. Seeing this man came into my house, do not do this foolish thing. Behold, he is my daughter, a maiden, and his concubine. Then I will bring them out and humble them and do with them that seems good unto you. But unto this man, do not such a vile thing. But the men would not listen to him. So the man took his concubine and brought her forth unto them. And they knew her, they abused her all the night until the morning. And when the day began to spring, they let her go. Now listen to the response of this man. This is verse 29. And when he came into his house, he took a knife and lay hold of his concubine and divided her together with her bones into twelve pieces and sent her into all the coast of Israel. And it was so that all that saw it said, There was not such a deed done, nor seen from the day that the children of Israel came out of the land of Egypt unto this day. Consider of it, take advice, and speak your minds. Now atrocity happened here. A man was on his way traveling back home after fetching his concubine. And what happened? Certain men came to abuse him. And instead, they, they him and the master of the house, they offered up this woman. And the men reviled this woman and they they went haywire with this lady up until the point where this man cut this lady into pieces. Now this seems like a horrible story and maybe it's got nothing to do with our contemporary marriages. But I just wanted to, to paint a picture to you. If the we space is not intact, many a times the casualty of, of, of our marriages will look like this picture where there will be outside influences that will ravish the, the one that we have betrothed or the one that is in our marriage. And and, and many a times what happens is there's an, an, an underneath expectation of the marriage relationship. But what, what lurks in the dark shadows 
uh, are this figure called disappointment. But it also um, could be the feeling of rejection on the other hand. And, and, and the thoughts that really comes into our minds many a times um, when we are engaged in, 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 in the element or the dark side of disappointment would be, uh, does he still love me? Does he still love me at all? Do I still want him? Does she still want me? Uh, am I committed? Is she committed? You know, all of those thoughts come into play. Um, many a times in, in the we space, when a third factor is involved, it, it creates a strain within the marriage. And uh, uh, like I said, the third factor should be God Almighty. He should be the third factor. So what happens when we replace God and we, we put another person there, we put another interest there, we put our career there, we put money there, we put sports there, and that damages the we space. And the reason why I painted such a, such a vivid picture of what happens to this concubine and how she has to be cut up in 12 pieces, that is the casualty that we find in marriages. When we allow someone else into the space that God should occupy, then it no longer becomes a theology of marriage, but it becomes a pathology of marriage, if you understand what I'm saying. So it becomes a problem. The marriage becomes a problem then. Your relationship becomes a problem. It is issue after issue after issue when the we space is filled with something other than God. What happens now is disappointment, rejection and withdrawal takes place. A very selfish stance uh, starts to develop and the sense of independence. Now last time in part two, I really spoke about the embryonic stages where there's this attraction, then there's the contact stage where you explore one another and there's the commitment stage. So whenever it becomes you um, and your selfish desires and what you want in the relationship, then you move back to the embryonic stage where it's just about the attraction and desiring. And, 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 and you, you, you really look at replacing the one that is standing before you now. So, so when this takes place, the we space is tarnished. The we space is penetrated. There's a disintegration in the marriage. The relationship eventually leads to separation. So now health within the spectrum of, of the relationship or in the marriage, it's, 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 it's now busy on a slippery slope because the one person is frustrated, but he's unable or she's unable to express herself be, because there is another person, there's another voice in the we space, whether it's our family, whether it's our children, whether it's our friends, whether it's our brothers and sisters. The, the, the we space is not supposed to be occupied by another person, but only by the Lord or the Godhead, as we explain it inside. So what happens now with the being functions of, of this relationship? What happens now is that the quality of the being functions is now determined by the third voice. Why does he treat you like this? Why does he treat you like this? No, man, do this, do that. So the norms and values of the we space are tarnished now. So now it all becomes about a power relation and becomes a power struggle between the two. And, it, and it's, not, it's not based upon the sacrificial love of service and of sacrifice. We should always understand that the, the marriage relationship is always about interpretation. It's always I'm interpreting the, 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 the person standing before you, but it's also interpreting what God is saying to you at that moment. And it's not always a foolproof plan for success. 
Um, it is an understanding of how you build the network of the we space. And it helps you to understand what is the ethics of love that is expressed in this relationship that I'm having. But it's a choice. It's also a matter of responsibility. And it does not, it, 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 it does not appeal to the quality of, of immaturity, but it appeals to the quality of being mature. Like we said last time, love is for the mature. It brings to my mind this, whenever Jesus healed someone, he had compassion on them. And compassion is a very scarce commodity in the we space. And our Christian understanding of human dignity is based upon the element of compassion. Our marriage should be a recipe of compassion. It should be a recipe of success when, it, when it's linked to compassion. And it should not be studied as a map where you journey from one point to another. Instead, it, it must be like the flow of water when, when you journey through it, where there's no roadmap, but you, you're trying to navigate yourself through the waves and, and through the currents. And you get your destination, sometimes wet, sometimes a bit scared because you, you almost went shipwrecked. But in the end, you, you make it. Um, it's a lifelong journey that you have with one another, a lifelong journey of growth, of compassion and love. Let me tell this from, from the get-go. The question should never be, will the marriage work or not? That's not the question. I think the fundamental question should be in the light of understanding our love for one another, but also the network of the we space. And I would rather uh, paraphrase this. When two persons are mature enough and when they enter into the we space, the question should be, how can I enrich our experience together? How can there be mutual commitment to the love that we have for one another? The question should not be, will the marriage work out? But it should rather be, how can I bring an enriching effect to the marriage or to this commitment that I'm having? It is not about obligation. It is not just about vocation or agreement. And it's not just about embracement. But, but it, is, it, is, it is filled with a, a development of growth that is centered in, in the stages of life that has got the, the eternal handprint and fingerprint on it. It's about that. What happens in the space is very important. Whether the couple is aware of it or not, the, vo the third voice in the we space many a times becomes the most dominating voice. Whether you allow God to speak in your marriage or in your relationship or whether you allow the other voices to speak into it. When we look at the Garden of Eden, the most dominant voice there was the voice of the snake. It was not the voice of God. It was the voice of the snake. The snake uh, 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 was the third voice replacing God at that instance. And that is what we should be cautious about. Let's let's engage what happened between the space, the we space. What are the qualities of this we space? What, what, what do I mean when I say this? There should be soulfulness in marriage. And when I say soulfulness in marriage, I'm I'm, I'm not referring to chicken licken with uh, uh, the soul food. I'm not talking about that. There, there should be soulfulness in the marriage. So 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 the soulfulness in the marriage is 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 your possible positioning within the we space. What is your position in the we space? 
um, do, 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 do you have a position in the we space that what you say is law? Or, or are you the space in the we space where what God says is law? So growth in the marriage, it's about the challenge to expand the we space. The we space is not simply just here, but it, it needs to be exp- expansion of the we space means this, is to enhance the quality of togetherness. So now when you and your spouse are together, are you the whole time on your phones? Are you the whole time in front of Netflix? Are you the whole time just watching movies? Do you have conversation with one another? Do you have serious conversation um, with one another where, where, where you are talking about your future? Is there interconnectedness by the quality of time that you spend with one another? Do you invest in one another's interest? Is, is, is there an alignment to, to, to you understanding the quality of the being functions of your, your spouse? Do you understand where he or she finds themselves at this given moment in terms of their vocation in God? Do you understand how their purpose is enhancing how God has called you? Is the we space growing in such a way that it defines the quality of both your being functions and it's being enriched? Uh, once you get to this point, you, you will understand that, that, that there is experience of understanding. There is an experience of love. And this brings me to the following part. When, when, when there's this beautiful mutual commitment, there's a common ground. And there's a mutual cause. The principle of meaningful meaningful there's a meaningful framework for the marriage uh, we need to understand that the spiritual design for the marriage is as follows it is the cause of the covenant there is a connection between the two spouses which is determined by their faith in Christ the quality of their relationship is not regulated by 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 a certain influx of 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 the worldly standards or a need-driven expectation or influx of emotions. Within the Christian understanding of marriage, there is a divine perspective. There is the, the marriage life and the we space is linked to a permanency of grace, meaning then when I look at her, I extend grace even when I see her faults. And when she looks at me, she extends mercy and grace when she sees my faults and my mistakes. The relationship reflects and represents the faithfulness, the promises of God pertaining to his trustworthiness. Marriage is perfectly designed for fidelity. The other cause that the we space, the expansion of the we space brings into play is the cause for reconciliation. Now, when we, when we, when we read Ephesians 5, it talks about sacrificial love. It talks about how, how the husband should, should lay down his life and, and, and demonstrate the implication of the sacrificial love. So the marriage is linked to that type of love. It's, 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 it's linked to a spiritual thinking that that is that is that designed that is designed to have forgiveness, true forgiveness in the full mind of the spouse. 
It is to set the other person free. The same way like Christ has died on the cross of Calvary, setting us free. In, in the same way when, when, when we are in this covenant relationship, in the we space, that should be on, on our full uh, ground of our thoughts. It's like when Clint recited this poem, he will wait. He will wait and, and this covenant that is there um, is between you, your spouse and God. But, 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 but the beauty of this, Peter comes to Jesus and he asks Jesus, how many times must he uh, forgive his brother? And Jesus says seven times. Uh, Peter thought seven. Jesus says seven times 70. It's 490 times. But it talks much more deeply than that. It means when, whenever your brother comes to you and asks for forgiveness, you must forgive them. But when our spouse asks for forgiveness in our marriage or your husband asks for forgiveness in the marriage, you remain grumpy and you just sit there and you are angry and you, 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 you go back to your embryonic stage where it's no longer the we space, but it's all about me, what I want. And, and, and you don't listen to me and it's about my thoughts and you, you, you should have focused on me now at this moment. That is not where the expansion of the we space takes place. Let me explain to you more about the we space. The we space is a place of fellowship. It, it talks about mutuality, meaning um, we, we should reflect our fellowship with one another with, within the body of Christ. Meaning we as a couple should demonstrate fellowship that we have with one another. Because it's one thing that you have fellowship when you meet up with the saints of the Lord Jesus Christ. And when you come home, the two of you don't even speak to one another. On your way to church, you, you, you argue. When you get there, you are friendly with everyone else, especially the opposite uh, gender or, or sex. Uh, um, you, 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 you treat them nicely. You smile with them. But when you get back home, there's this grave silence in, in the vehicle or the grave silence in the home. Fellowship should be practiced at home. It's the coming togetherness where we share with one another. The we space functions as a mini congregation, but it has a corporate understanding of identity, meaning what, what you have developed here at home. Or like my one mentor usually say, it is the, 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 the small church. The house is the small church and it influences the bigger church or the bigger body. So it means the mini congregation in the we space, it, it, it must have in mind this corporate understanding of identity. You see, we get, we get, we get, we get a micro side of, of our marriage. We get a meso side of our marriage and we get macro side of our marriage. So there's an interplay between these, these, these spheres and these functions. So the micro, microcosm of marriage is actually a manifestation of the macrocosm of the body of Christ. Let me explain this to you. So what happens in, in the marriage? Yeah, in the we space, influences what happens in the macrocosm in the body of Christ. So it influences how the body of Christ functions. If we are unable to function as a unit here at home, it will make it difficult for us to function within the body of Christ. We will cause havoc because the two of us are not walking in unity with one another. What happens in the fellowship at home? should be exercised in the we space. You should pray together. There should be intimacy. Marriage is designed for fellowship and mutual worship. If the two of you cannot come together and worship the Lord to 
together, then there's something wrong with the microcosm of your weak space that does not have a corporate understanding of the identity within the body of Christ. So I will conclude by, by the following two, two points. Another thing that a healthy weak space does is the cause for, of the family. Children are always directly or indirectly implied in the we space, meaning if, if, if the we space is in shambles, the children will be affected harshly by it. Um, even if, if you decide not to have children, there's always the possibility maybe of having children. The marriage is designed for procreation and the caring and upbringing of children. So the cause of the family does not imply that the spouses must have children and should become parents. That's not the implication here. Nonetheless, parenthood cannot be excluded. Even spouses without children cannot separate themselves from the cause of the child. Even the suffering of the child. Because the f- cause of the family is implied here. The we space has got a huge impact on the child. The child should not be in the we space. We'll get later on. Um, to, 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 to be honest with you, I don't even know how this podcast is going to pan out because um, I know the Lord said to me, I should do this in October. I'm talking about the networks, the family networks. I don't know when is that going to come. I don't know how this, this podcast is merely a, a conversation starter. And I have been having conversations with people throughout the time that I've released this podcast. And, and it has been very enlightening and it's been very healthy having these type of conversations. So, uh, I'll probably get to the, the family networks if God permits. But for now, I should focus exclusively on the we space because the, the, it's important because children are being affected by the we space in, in, in such a terrible way. And we should always understand that we have a responsibility in the we space to understand that we can destroy the future of someone that are very dear to us, our children. So there's this presumption when it comes to soulfulness. There's this presumption that, that is there. Mm, let, 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 let me frame it like this. We talk about soulfulness. Mm, one does not only have a soul, but one is a soul with a body. Let me start with by saying that. I think, I think that's we, we should frame it. We, we don't have a soul. We, we are a soul with a body. I, I think I, I think we, we I think we should frame it in in that sense as a means of interpretation. So um, soulfulness is about embodiment. So meaning your your soul and your body, although we have a spirit as well, you know. So yeah, there's this interplay between these, uh, and so our body, our soul, and our spirit. So there's this interplay between. Between these three entities, if we can call it like lack of a better word, so 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 the body and sexuality should therefore be seen as important ingredients to enhance the quality of intimacy. It should never be separated from love and responsibility. If this doesn't happen, um, it, it degrades the level in the we space to to exploitation, rather abuse. Or fornication. The enjoyment of sexuality exists to fulfill and to enrich 
the we space. It's not the only thing. There's conversation, there's understanding. We talked about the quality, talked about a fellowship. We, we, we spoke about now the cause of family. We, we talked about the cause of government. Covenant, we talk about reconciliation and forgiveness. So, so we're talking about this element now. So embodiment is, is, is basically um, an instrument to heal, to build, not to destroy or to be, or to be separate from one another. It, it enhances that togetherness, that interconnectedness, and it contributes to the health and enjoyment of the we space. Hey, So the we space hey, becomes a place of laughter. Marriage is therefore designed as a space for laughter and enjoyment. In conclusion, I would really want you to to write down the following questions and just to journey with it in, in your own way, uh, in your own way, shape, and form. What are the norms that determines the the qualities or the being qualities of your spouse? I want you to study your spouse. I want you to look at her or, to, or him. And I want you to look at the qualities that determine their being functions or their being qualities. What is your partner or your wife or your husband's most important goal in life? What does what is the one thing that you want to achieve as a couple together through this relationship? Why do you love your spouse? And then in conclusion, the last question should be, can you identify one aspect of your spouse which attracts you to her or him and one aspect that irritates you (laughs) profusely? So, yeah, I think that's where I want to conclude today. Um, like I said, it's a conversation starter. I don't even know how this will pan out. But in conclusion, I really want you to listen to the following. When it comes to, to, to our marriages, this is the prayer of my heart. It's written in Psalm 23. It says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. Leads me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Yet though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and thy staff comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. It is my prayer today that he will be your shepherd, that he will supply all your wants, your needs, that he will make you lay down in green pastures as a couple. 
and that you would lead the two of you beside still waters. I pray that your souls, your soulfulness will be restored and that you would lead you in parts of righteousness. For his name's sake, it is my prayer today that even if you find yourself in your marriage in a valley of the shadow of death, that you will not fear, for he is with you. His rod and his staff may comfort you during this time. May he prepare a table in the presence of your enemies. May he anoint your head with oil as a cup, so that your cup runs over. I pray in the name of Jesus that goodness and mercy will follow you all the days of your life so you can dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. Amen. Join me next time as we do part four on the We Space and I can guarantee you the next one will be a bit heated. We will talk about what happens when the We Space is in a position where it becomes a place where there's trouble. And we will look at that and we will delve into that. May you have a blessed time and share this with others. And may the Lord bless you.